Hi, I'm Tansy. I am Charles. And this is Pitch Shift. It's a podcast where we take a song and turn it into a movie. And it never ever is anything other than the best. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, tell, us, tell us about what we're going to get into today, Tansy. We're going to do Warren Zevon's classic, Werewolves of London. Uh, woo! When we were listening to it just before, I I was clamping down on the urge to just start doing the Kid Rock song. <laughs> also, just, just to be chaotic. The Kid Rock song doesn't have the ah woos, I assume. No, that, no. That's because, losing so much content. Because it's, it's um, you know, we were, we were dancing by the campfire doing whatever, blah, 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 singing Sweet Home Alabama all summer long. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to open my actual document because I'm uh, yeah. dumb and didn't do that. That's the okay. wrong document. Oh, so no. there might be a little... Podcast is cancelled. Oh, no. It's weird um, that this was what we got cancelled for. Yeah. <laughs> I was sure it was going to be the... It's, it's uh, problematic in the sense that it has problems. <laughs> yeah. I, I was sure we were going to get cancelled for the One Direction episode, which I just kept bringing back to Del Toro Quest. But One Del Toro. One Del Toro. <laughs> Also, that was our detour request. <laughs> oh, fuck. What was it? There was my last episode. Um, yes. Phones. Sky Full of Song. Yeah. I realised there was farming knowledge that I did not drop in that. Oh, my God. Tansy. Yeah. Because the whole thing was because the, <laughs> the island was on a volcano and it was like, oh, volcanic soil is really good to grow on and that's why there's such a productive agricultural you, society. Is, is, is volcanic soil, uh, would you say it's a clay loam or a silty clay loam? <laughs> I do not know where... What kind of loam is it? I don't know where volcanic soil goes on the soil pyramid, but... (laughs) I don't know whether it made it into our... I can't remember whether it made it into our first episode, but you you remember when I I, I asked you about... Like, oh no, I was telling you that I considered myself a silty clay loam. Yeah. And you were like, that's all the kinds of soil that there can be. Well, that is, like, I'm pretty sure you can be so all there's, three. There's sandy, loamy, and clay, and they're all like points on the triangle, okay. and then you navigate somewhere within that. We're soil. probably going to cut this yes. as well, aren't we? Yeah. There will be an um, episode that's just Tansy's farming knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So, how many of these cut episodes are we going to do? There's going to be one that's just your farming knowledge, one that's just you talking about Del Toro Quest, mm. one that's just me spicily encouraging people to come out um what else do we get bogged down by um just like there'll be one that's just me trying to get spotify to work oh yeah yeah oh yeah and then also the one that's just us saying haunted yes that one's haunted. that one's sitting at about 20 minutes now <laughs> let me add another couple minutes to it haunted haunted so this is um this is gonna be a serious kitchen sink australian drama Oh, is it? <laughs> Fuck no. It's going to be about werewolves in London. <laughs> you, you, you got me with your poker face in that moment. <laughs> Thank um, you. Now, before you pitch this movie, mm. we should explain for anyone who's new to the podcast what exactly happens. Okay. So I'm going to pitch a movie based on werewolves of London in this case, and Charles is going to hear it, and he's going to make some suggestions. I've got a few plot points I'm not, like, sold on, so he can help me through give those. A, he's give a studio note or two. He's basically yeah. a very good producer for me right now. So this is going to be, I think the best way to describe it Mm -hmm. is Point Break with Werewolves. 
Um, um, yep, we're greenlighting yep. it already. Yep. <laughs> Don't need to hear the rest of the pitch. That's the end of the episode. Thank you. And the first, <laughs> but the first thing I need help with yes. is uh, some dream casting because oh. I've, I've dreamcast pretty much everyone except the lead. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you a bit about it. Okay. I want you to. <laughs> okay. So I was about to say Jake Gyllenhaal, but I take it back. <laughs> No, actually, no, you know what? I think he has that range. Um, I don't think I've ever pitched a male lead. Amazing. Well, like, what episode is this? It's a number, but yeah, I don't this think I've ever had a male lead. The closest 12? would be Jack and Jack and Diane. Anyway, so Constable Rachel Warren, she is mm-hmm. a cop. Uh, she's a beat cop. She's fairly new to the force, uh, but she's from a police family. She bleeds blue, and she always wants to do what's right, regardless of how much danger that puts her in. So she's she's quite enthusiastic. She's a bit of a joker. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I, I went too soon. Um, Yikes. Um, my, other, my other suggestion is Tall Girl from Tall Girl. <laughs> Did you watch Tall Girl? <laughs> I watched Tall Girl the Should other I day. Should I watch Tall Girl? Um, yes. <laughs> Tall Girl is great because it's... Um, Tall Girl, for those who don't know, is basically the... Like epitome of Netflix Mad Libs teen rom com. <laughs> She's so tall. She's six foot one and a half. Oh wow, that's that's. Do you know Bo Burnham is six foot six? There, there I were photos knew that. of him with his partner who just directed Hustlers, and like I thought that she was very small. Turns out he's just a very he's, long he's, boy. He is. He is long. Yeah, he is long. I would have watched a. I would would have watched a Bo Burnham directed version of Tall Girl. Oh, I thought you were um, going to say of Hustlers, and I was going to be like, nah. No, no, no. no. Bo Burnham's Tall Girl, I would watch. Yeah, because it'd be more like eighth grade. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it's it's terrible. But in that – so, like, I I didn't find it, like, problematic in the way that half the internet is – because it's just not good enough or in any way coherent enough to be offensive. Like, it's that thing where you're like, okay, she's a skinny, cis, straight, white girl who (laughs) happens to be taller than – a lot of the people her age and apparently goes to a school for tiny people because every camera angle is like like basically they put the camera at her feet and they're like look she's so tall <laughs> it's yeah it's that thing where it's just not good enough to not good enough to really get into to, why to it's be bad. considered like it's like so it's low. just it's just ignorant um but also it's the one of those just because it's because it's not a good film just half the time that i was watching it um with kurt you know you, you know my wife kurt yeah um the two of us were just like what is this movie what is this movie <laughs> like and then there's a twist at the end it's the and twist I, and that I'm she was short spoil. all along no no i'm not going to spoil it for and it would take a little bit too long to explain but there was a twist and Did i worked it out about car, five minutes car before. accident and her legs get cut off <laughs> that would have been great <laughs> no i was waiting the whole time i was like oh my god and then she's going to realize that she's in love with her best her best friend, friend. And she's going to be like, oh, it's not that I needed a tall boy to love me. I needed a girl to love me. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. But no, no there's a twist at the end. I worked it out maybe five minutes before it happened. And I screamed. And I told Kurt. I was like, oh, my God. And then both of us simultaneously were like, I want to kill myself. Because <laughs> the twist is just so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. We uh, need, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Dreamcast. We need a Dreamcast. 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 Uh, How old dream- is this? Uh, I was thinking Rachel. Like, Rachel. Yes, yeah. yes. Like late 20s, early 30s. Like she's quite new to the force. Mm-hmm. Um, I See, I the first name that I wanted to say, and this is just because I recently rewatched 
uh, Manhunt Unabomber, mm-hmm. which is the one with Sam Worthington. And oh, Sam Worthington. Yeah, little Sammy, little Sammy Worthington doing a Philadelphia is accent. He, is and he Paul married Bettany to Lara Bingle? Or am I imagining that? I don't know. Okay. Unrelated. Lara yeah. Bingle is not single. Though, Lara Bingle shot, shot to fame by being in a terrible commercial greenlit by our current prime minister. Oh, Australia's where, the, where the bloody hell are our standards? <laughs> um, so, but so, um, what is the name of the, the the your lead from Give Yourself a Try? What is her name? Ah, uh, Keisha Castle Hughes. Yeah, Keisha Castle Hughes is uh, a cop in, in Manhunt Unabomber, uh, like like Bay Area based cop, okay. uh, kind of. Yeah, this is all just in, that's the vibe that I'm getting. This is all in London. Okay, yeah. well, so she could she, do an yeah. accent, can't yeah. she? I like she did, a, she did a Dornish accent. <laughs> you mean vaguely kind of <laughs> she, accent. Bad pussy. <laughs> Thankfully she wasn't um, that one, but yeah, so Keisha Castle-Hughes. Um, yeah, that means this has a lot of Game of Thrones accents, but I'm into it. Not actors. Actors. actors that's the word. Um, so we got, yeah, Rachel Warren. Uh, her partner on the force is Constable Jim Foster, who... I've put as Luke Evans, but with his Welsh accent. You know cool. how Luke Evans has a Welsh accent? Yes, that's no, just I've like heard it. <laughs> delightful, and yep. for some reason, people don't get him to do it in every single film. Uh, and then Shame on them. Also, early up, we've got Chief Inspector Davis, who's kind of in charge of their unit, uh, and that's Lena Headey. Yay! Whom I adore, played Cersei in Game Lena. of Thrones, was wasted in the last couple mm-hmm, seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also Mama in Dread. She's just. She's great. I love her. And she's in the the first Purge film. And she's in the first no, she's in both 300 films. My yeah. god. <laughs> yeah, Lena Headey was in 300. Wait, there's a 302? Yeah, there's a 302. It's got Eva Green in it. What's it? Is it it's 600? It's called 600. <laughs> it has like a subtitle but it is like 300 and then the subtitle and Did like Zack Snyder also directs 302. I'm gonna assume he didn't. Like, yeah, because I that he probably <laughs> produced it. Um, anyway, there's a 302. Okay. We're all learning something today. We're all learning. Um, so to start off with, in this yes. Werewolves of London, I'm thinking it's almost like I don't know what the British equivalent is, but Four Corners, yes. which is like an Australian investigative journalism long form show. Uh, so we start in that sort of cinema verite, mm-hmm. like it is a new story. Uh, and we're following Constable Rachel Warren and Constable Jim Foster, who are out on full moon patrol. And they're sort of doing like talking heads. Uh, it kind of looks like a normal night for beat cops, but they keep talking about how there's werewolves. And that's just like a fact that there are werewolves yep. in London now. So they're part of the, um, alloc- oh, woo. well, they're part of the allocated werewolf response unit. Better known as Aru. That's a fucking acronym. Yeah, the Allocated Werewolf Response Unit. Aru. And every time that they talk about it, like um, Rachel will try to keep quite a straight face, and then Jim will just be like, Aru. Um, so they're like good mates, um, and they're just kind of out patrolling. And you see, the city is almost on lockdown. Like, shutters are closed. There's a lot of cops around. Uh, they're in, like, central London. There's mm. advice for tourists to go home, stay home, Curfews. that kind of thing. And there's, like, big old full moon in the background of most of these shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we get to know Jim and Rachel a bit, particularly Rachel is talking about how she's from a cop family and how she is someone who always has to do what's right no mm-hmm. matter what the consequences are. 
for her personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's, like, very eager, very keen, but also, like, quite green, very naive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keen but green. Yeah. So they're, like, driving around. It's almost Wellington Paranormal to start with. They're, like, driving around, talking to camera, um, like, trying trying uh, to look serious, but not really. As in, like, they're recording themselves on patrol? Not quite. It's like they're being followed by a news crew. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I was going to be like, you you mean, like, end of watch? (laughs) Um, Also, like, that makes it easy to get, like, loads of exposition out real early. It's like, there's werewolves now. We're with a werewolf response unit. The city's on lockdown. I'm Constable Rachel Warren, that kind of thing. So they're, like, driving along, and they see a bloke, and it's, like, just after sundown. It's not, like, fully dark yet, but the bloke is, like, real hairy. Uh And they're like... Oh, he's starting, starting transformation. He's got something in his hand. Oh, my God, he's got something in his hand. So they, like, jump out of the car and they run to this man and they, like, apprehend him. Uh, and it's like... Is this, like, profiling? <laughs> not quite. So the guy, the guy is a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> and he's, like, starting to transform. He hasn't gone full wolf yet. Um, but they're like, what's that in your hand? What's that in your hand? And he's like, it's a menu. It's, it's a menu for a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Uh, and they're like, where are you going? He's like, it's uh, the Chinese restaurant's called Li Ho Fox. I, I want to get a big, big dish of beef chow mein. Uh, so you see, um, like, them kind what of. Is, so, what, what, what weapon would a werewolf have in their hand, though, I, is I the think thing? They assume it's a knife or something. <laughs> he's but yeah, got a knife, even though he's also a got claws. <laughs> he's got a claws. Oh, also, uh, in this, like, early bit, we established that, like, the werewolves have been around for a couple of years and they have very quickly started doing crimes and forming gangs. <laughs> oh, no. so they're like, yeah, oh, no. we thought we just had to deal with werewolves. Turns out werewolves like doing crime. Um, so they don't know which like werewolf gang he's part of, but they kind of mm-hmm. give him a stern talking to mm-hmm. um, and like send him on his way off to Leho Fuchs. Um, and we like follow the night, you know, they're mostly patrolling and you see like these gangs of werewolves just like running up and down these big mm-hmm. empty streets in London, mm-hmm. like all the tourist sites, just werewolves there, mm-hmm. houses of parliament, which is just also kind of being hooligans or yeah, just kind of running around, like almost like they're having a good night out. Nice. So these are not werewolves that are when the full moon hits like uncontrollable thirst for human flesh or not like thirst for human flesh, just like thirst for shenanigans. And they, like, early night, they're Teen still... Wolves, if yeah. you will. <laughs> early night, they're still mostly human, but, like, towards midnight, they're, like, full-on wolves. Girl. And, like, big old wolves. Like, proportional to human, big wolves. Um, so, like, running around. And while Rachel and Jim are out on patrol, they hear some screams in Carnaby, which mm-hmm. is, like, this area in Soho that's, like, very small streets, like Mm -hmm. lots of little shops, uh, back streets, off main Mm -hmm. roads, that kind of thing. So they go to investigate these screams and out of nowhere they kind of trap a werewolf between the two of them. Mm -hmm. They're on either side of the street and the werewolf is like really antsy, like Uh really, really like on edge. And Rachel's sort of trying to calm it down, just Mm -hmm. trying to be like, look, sir, we we just wanted to make sure that we had some screams. We just wanted to make sure everything's okay. Uh, we're just both going to back away slowly so that you can leave. And the werewolf's like, and Jim pulls out a gun and shoots it. Jim! We have also previously established that shooting werewolves does nothing to them. (laughs) No silver bullets in this universe? Not yet. Um, So, like, we know that that will... But normal bullets don't work. Yeah, they just, they they shock the werewolves more than actually injuring Mm. them. And so the werewolf freaks out. 
and it goes to the thing closest, which is Rachel. And you just see it like bowl her down on this new style footage, cut to black, and then we go to a hospital room. Yeah. And from here on, shot like a normal movie. Jim? Yeah. Fucking you're a Jim. shithead. God damn it, Luke Evans. God damn with, it, your, with your Welsh accent. So we see <laughs> Rachel waking up in hospital and she's got like a lot of dressing over her yeah. neck and shoulder. She's clearly been mauled, like proper mauling. And in the room with her are Jim and her boss, Chief Inspector Davis, mm-hmm. Lena Headey, uh, and they're there to give her some bad news because while, she, while she's, she's well? been out, they've done all the tests and she has been diagnosed with lycanthropy. So she is werewolf a werewolf. Cup. Werewolf cup. <laughs> but they're like, we cannot. Yes. They're like, as a result of these tests, um, you're going to have to be honorably mm. discharged from the force because we can't have a werewolf. That's so mean. Uh, You know, you'll have a full pension, you'll have workers' comp, you'll have time to recover, we'll, like, we'll get all the stuff from your desk and take it to your house. You can sue Jim. We'll have a little farewell. Sue the fuck out of Jim, honestly. (laughs) He's a shithead. (laughs) Like, we'll have a little farewell, and Rachel's like, no, you can't do, like, but this is is my whole life, this is everything I've worked towards. This is, like, all of my family are cops. Uh, (laughs) But she's told, like, you're just going to have to, just going to have to rest and recover. Oh, no. And she but there recovers. is no recovery. Well, she recovers. Lycanthropy is a chronic condition. <laughs> Lycanthropy truly is incurable. Um, and it's like, it's established in this universe it is incurable. Yeah. It's a lifelong disease. Um, but her physical wounds heal a lot faster than you'd think they would, mm-hmm. partially because she's now a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And there is some suggestion that werewolves have increased healing abilities and other things while they're humans as well as when they're werewolves but werewolves are also doing a lot of crimes and very adverse to getting involved in scientific studies so it's like there are werewolves we have very little information on them um and meanwhile she's like tracking the news it's not good a little old lady got mutilated late last night werewolves Mm. of london again Uh uh and so she She gets to the point of going home, fully recovered. Her house is quite empty. She's mm-hmm. clearly, like, dedicated everything to her work. Sad. But it's not as empty as she thinks because sitting in her kitchen is Chief Inspector Davis. Okay. And I've also written that she's smoking and um, Rachel's like, can you can you, you not smoke in my, in my house? house? And Chief Inspector Davis is like, oh, yeah, sorry, I got really badly addicted to vaping and now the only way that I can quit smoking is by going acoustic. <laughs> so she like stubs out a cigarette and explains that everything from now on is completely off the record but uh-huh. there might be a way that rachel can still work for the police Ooh. because the werewolf <gasps> gangs are getting stronger and they're bolder and now the cops have an opportunity to infiltrate the gangs in a way they never could before because they're closed off entirely to humans, but they're very open and welcoming to werewolves. Werewolf the Departed is now what this is. <laughs> so they, all they know about the gangs is that uh, one of the biggest London gangs is run by Charlie Wilson. That's mm-hmm. all they know. They just have a name. And they're like, Jay Davis is explaining that all they know is Charlie Wilson, the hairy-handed gent who ran amok in Kent. That's all they have. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming Charlie Wilson himself came up with that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And furthermore, they actually, Davis also mentions that they have been looking into a cure and Uh that if Rachel does manage to bring down the werewolf gangs of London, then she will be first in line for that cure. But for Mm -hmm. now, you know, they can't risk essentially their best asset to a cure that might kill her. But also it sounds like they're kind of a little bit 
Yeah, it's Black a bit blackmailing. blackmailing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like for Rachel, the cure is barely in her head. Her main yeah. thing is I can be a cop again. I can do the right thing. Wolf cop. Wolf cop. Um, so Rachel agrees, knowing that because her recovery has taken, you know, a few weeks, the full moon is only a few nights away. Yeah. So she kind of gets ready to do this and then realizes she has literally no connections in the werewolf community because uh, mm-hmm. they've been completely uncooperative with the police. Uh, and as well, she's probably not going to be too welcome because when she became a werewolf, another werewolf was also badly injured. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, hmm, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. So she follows the one lead she has. How do I join the wolves? <laughs> and on the full moon, she goes to Lee Ho Fook's, the Chinese yes. restaurant. <laughs> and she's yeah, with like, that chill guy from the first scene. Yeah, she's like, oh, this must be a cover for the werewolf gangs. It's not. It's, it's just, just a, Chinese a restaurant. very good Chinese restaurant. But when she gets there... Everyone else there, also werewolves, because A, the city's mostly shut down, and B, being turned into a werewolf, real, like, physically stressful, so they all carb-load beforehand. So beautiful. And she also learns, she's very much like, hey, I'm Rachel, I'm new Mm -hmm. in town. Um, (laughs) What are three other things about her? Uh, there was, everyone's really welcoming. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. I remember my first transformation. It's it's going to be tough, but it's worth it. And she also Welcome learns to the club, like, kiddo, you know. Yeah, the morning right after a transformation, bad time. Like you just feel... Like a hangover. Not even that. You just feel really weak. Like, you know when mm-hmm. you go for like a massive hike or you do like a big thing uh, of exercise? <laughs> when I go <laughs> for a massive hike... No, no, I've been, I've been, I've walked before. Yeah, you feel tired. Yeah, you do like a lot of walking and then the next day your legs legs are just like, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's like a full body, yeah, the next morning. They're not up to much. So they often come back to Lee Ho Fuchs for like Mm -hmm. some more nutritious Chinese food. And everyone's like, hey, this is Rachel. She's new. Um, Just follow us. We're just going to do a bit of a run around the city. You know, we're trying to, you know, stay off mm. the streets or stay on the streets rather, not get involved in too much crime. Wink, 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 Um And in particular, she meets uh, Ori, who's like another young werewolf. I don't have any casting for Ori. I don't even have a gender for Ori. Okay. Um, uh, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Neil, what's his last name? The absurdist comedian. Patrick Harris. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Neil Brennan? No, Neil... For, he hosts... British Bake Off. Is it Neil? Oh, no. Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding. <laughs> Neil Folding. <laughs> Neil Folding. Uh, so Neil... I mean, he does look like a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. So Noel Fielding is a Ori. werewolf. Uh... <laughs> uh, it is very much just like, stick with us. We're just going to run around. And Rachel just has a real good time running just all up and down the streets of London mm. in wolf form. And she's like, this is fucking weird. I'm a fucking werewolf, but okay. Put <laughs> a wolf, put a wolf, underwolf, underwolf. Yeah. <laughs> So she's just like run around the city. The next morning, she's like, they're all at Lee Ho Fox again, like all you know, really like tired, hungover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, hey, you guys are all really cool. Like, can we catch up some other time? Uh, and Ari's can like, we be friends? Ari's like, look, we do, we do hang out on other nights of the month, but um, Ed's got to approve. Not Ed, Charlie. I changed the name. Charlie's got to approve. <laughs> Shed's got to approve. Shed's got to approve. Cheddy. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, they're like, Charlie's got to approve of you. So, um, you know what, let's catch up tomorrow, uh, you know, when we're all feeling a bit stronger. And we'll take you to meet Charlie The hairy-handed gent who ran amok muck in Kent. <laughs> so the next... I feel, like this, I feel like that has to be that, like, anytime someone mentions 
Charlie Wilson, yeah. someone else has to be like, <laughs> the hairy oh, you mean, yeah, yeah, oh, you mean the hairy handed gent around a fucking Kent? <laughs> and it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next day, Rachel is like, you know, quite cautious, but she's ready. She's ready to fully mm-hmm. infiltrate. And so she meets Ori and they go to this big abandoned sort of mm-hmm. warehouse area, kind of industrial area, slowly getting gentrified. And she's taken into this warehouse and introduced mm-hmm. to Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Who also has <laughs> How many Mendos of... can we fit into this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> He's also got an arm in a sling. Because he got shot recently. <gasps> oh, no. And Rachel's like, hi, I'm Rachel. I'm new in town. And he's like, oh, we <laughs> know who me. you are. I'm a werewolf. He's like, I never forget a face. Oh, no. <laughs> and she's like, are you, are you Charlie Wilson? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not. I'm um, Charlie's mate, Ed. I'm like second in command around here, but I never forget a face. <laughs> like super threatening <laughs> and he's like hey charlie we got we got a new one mm-hmm. in fact i've met her before yeah <laughs> and charlie comes out charlie is played by Gwendolyn christie yes yes, <laughs> yes. i was waiting for what the <laughs> yeah uh and he's like so i've been expecting you uh and now you have 60 seconds to explain why i shouldn't rip your lungs out with my bare hands with my hairy, hairy, hairy muck running hands. <laughs> uh, and Rachel just gets really real. And she's like, look, I wasn't the one with the gun, but I, I understand why you wouldn't want me here. But they took everything from me too. The minute that they thought I was a werewolf, I was off the force. They took away everything I'd ever worked for. And now that I've lost everything, all I want to do is get even fuck shit up <laughs> yeah and i know things about the cops that you are never going to be able to find out i know oh their God, strategies the I know their work. <laughs> uh, and i can use that knowledge to help you and charlie is kind of on the fence mm-hmm. ed is 100 percent like fuck you yeah. fuck you <laughs> <laughs> you hurted my arm <laughs> but charlie's like look if you're willing to go this far you must really be out of the cops uh, and explains, yes. and explains like in fairly euphemistic terms that they're planning something big for the next full moon, and Rachel can be part of it. She can be a minor part, but mm-hmm. she can still be a part of it. And so Rachel, over the next month, sees like parts of what they're planning. Mm-hmm. Almost like she knows it's some sort of robbery, mm-hmm. and she knows that there's a lot of working parts in it, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know what they're after, where it is, anything like that. She and Ori have a kind of small role in it. And, like, Rachel's feeding everything back to Davis, mm-hmm. Lena Headey. Uh, but, like, increasingly Rachel's heart is not in it because what she said to try and get into the gang has kind of hit her, that the mm. cops took everything from her the second they thought that she might be something else. And she's like, mm. that's fucked. That's real mm. fucked. I'm really here because Jim took a gun out. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Um, so there's <laughs> Fucking like... Jim. <laughs> Jim's the real villain of this story. Yeah. So there's also um, info dumps in this like month of planning for the yeah. heist. Uh, there are multiple werewolf gangs. They all do a different type of crime. Like there's the extortion gang. <laughs> the graffiti werewolf gang. <laughs> yes. Uh, the drug running gang. The kidnapping for money gang. Like uh-huh. there's just a bunch of them. Is there, a, is there a murder wolf gang? Not really. They only murder uh, if they have gang. to. <laughs> Sorry. There's, oh, the, the, there's the, word, the word of morph. 
Fuck. I was gonna go for a bad joke, but it's not worth it now. I was gonna say there's the Murder Wolf Gang Amadeus Mozart, but like... But that's that's why Wolfgang was funny. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there's all of these gangs, Mm. um, and in human form the werewolves do have heightened strength and abilities, but yeah, the transformation is their peak of strength, and Uh just after is their absolute trough of strength. Why am I really emphasizing that? We'll see. That's a useful tool we'll use later. Um, Why am I really overhandedly explaining this point? I don't know. (laughs) So the next full moon, there is this big heist, and it Mm -hmm. starts before sundown when the werewolves are all still in their human form Mm -hmm. because the werewolves are such a disparate group that you would never, if you're a cop, Mm -hmm. you'd never see a connection between them because they all keep the fact that they're werewolves very much on the down low. So it can be literally a member of the royal family and someone who cleans their toilets. Like Mm -hmm. anyone can be a werewolf. Are there members of the royal family who are werewolves? Mm -hmm. I imagine that's kept very hush-hush. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's like such a disparate group that if they're working in human form, you'd never see a connection between Mm -hmm. any of them. I haven't written this heist, but basically they're stealing the crown jewels. Yes. <laughs> Why are they stealing them? Because they fucking Because they want to. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so I said so. <laughs> so uh, heist scene, not going to bother to write it, but they steal the crown jewels. They take them back to the warehouse and, like, Charlie is, like, wearing the crown jewels. Mm-hmm. They're all just having, like, a real good, like, party kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. They're kind of halfway transformed back to yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's wearing it. She's like, I am queen of the werewolves. And does this, like, kind of nice speech to everyone Mm -hmm. um, about how prior to being a werewolf, she installed cabling. And, like, every day it was this back-breaking, intense physical labor in, Mm -hmm. like, cramped, dark, tiny spaces. And everyone who saw you was mad because their cabling wasn't working and didn't realize how hard your work was. And then at the end of the day, Charlie would just go back to this, like, tiny flat in Oxfordshire and, like, two hours drive from anywhere she worked. And she just had this kind of shitty life. Mm -hmm. But now being a werewolf gave her, like, all the power and community that she'd never had before. And she's like, you're all part of this family. Love familiar. <laughs> Love familiar. <laughs> we're, 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 we're borrowing from so many different films yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Charlie's just like, thank you. Thank all of you. Um, we have the crown. I'm not, I'm not sure what we're going to do with the crown jewels, but... We have them, and it's a symbol, and symbols are important, and that kind of Take thing. Take selfies with them. Yeah, so they, like, get a get a massive load of delivery in mm-hmm. from Leho Fuchs, and they're all, like, you know, transformed crashing. back into humans, crashing, and that's when the police arrive. Oh, dear. Because Rachel had previously told Davis where the warehouse was, and that werewolves are weaker straight after the full moon, so... And that's all before she... Before she before started she to realized doubt that, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they're raided, uh, the werewolves are defenceless, and they're all just, like, loaded into paddy wagons in this weak human form and taken, like, straight into an old jail. I don't know what old jails there are in London, but, like, an old, like, stone. Like, they're like, we can't put them in a modern facility because they might be able to break out. We don't know what their strength Uh is. I just basically want, like, a real old kind of jail environment. Big old metal bars. And so you get... This is just so we have a scene between Lena Headey and Gwendolyn Christie. Mm-hmm. But you get oh, Davis, hell yeah. Davis like going Did in. they ever have a scene together in Game of Thrones? They did, and it was all like, you like my brother. Ew. Oh. Yeah, it was a, it was a waste of having oh. Lena Headey and Gwendolyn Christie. They're in the so same great. Room. Why would you? They are. Anyway. But Janie. So Davis like goes into yeah. uh, Charlie's cell, and Charlie's like chained up, like 
arms up on the walls, like to keep her contained. And Davis sort of walks in and is like, how much do you know about camels? <laughs> oh God, is this going to be one of those you think I'm talking about a different thing and I'm actually talking about you kind of cop speeches? A bit. Oh my God, oh my God, give it to me. Give it to me so straight. Like, Did you know that Australia is overrun with feral camels. Seriously, they export camels to Saudi Arabia. In the middle of Australia, it's just tourists, serial killers, and camels. That's all there is there. Uh, pause from the pitch. Yeah. Is that true? That is true. Everything what? I'm about to say is true. What? Yeah. <laughs> we have camels? We have so many camels. We export I thought, camels. I thought kangaroos were the, were the, the, the overrun pest. No, it's camels. Oh, my God. And at least kangaroos are native. But anyway. That changes everything. So Charlie has got, like, a face of, like... Our real Charlie has a face of like, yeah. oh my god. Charlie what do you in, mean? in the story has a face of like, what are you getting at, bitch? <laughs> I know your game. Yeah. And so Davis is like, they imported these camels like a few few hundred years ago. They went feral, took over the place. There's millions of them now. And camels, they're social animals. They'll cross hell to find other camels just to be part of a group. So camel hunters. They just need to trap a single camel and they put this tracking vest around them. It's oh. called a Judas collar. And oh they let the God. camel go and it will cross hell to find more camels. And once it's found a pack, they can track it and then they'll slaughter every other camel and leave that camel with the Judas collar alive so that it can find more and keep on betraying others of its own kind. I'm going to cry. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> this is obviously also I'm I'm being Brendan yeah. Christie right now. To the, <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> uh, what Davis doesn't know is Rachel is in the corridor waiting uh -huh. to talk to her, and she hears oh, this speech, no. and she's like, "I'm the she's Judas." The Cola. Judas. <laughs> Jack Hughes. Uh, and Davis like leaves leaves the cell after some like great egg loading. And mm. sees Rachel there. And Rachel's like, you you told me there was a cure. And Dave's is like, well, yeah, look, we, um, we don't have one yet. But we can't risk our star detective. And now we have all of these test subjects. So they're going to use all the captured werewolves <sighs> for medical experimentation to try and find some sort of aggressive anti-werewolf protective measures. Uh, Davis and, and uh, Rachel's very much like I fucking Davis. Up. Yeah, <laughs> and she, she got played hard. Oh, just wait. <laughs> oh no. So Davis like leaves, and Rachel's just kind of standing there, being like, "Oh, what have I done?" Mm -hmm. And she hears Charlie on the other side of the cell, who like big echoey old person could mm -hmm. hear that entire conversation. Charlie's like, "You know, this doesn't feel like doing the right thing." And Rachel's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so she goes and finds the strongholds of all the other werewolf gangs because mm -hmm. they're going to break these guys out. Uh, and she gets the two of them to agree because if any kind of cure is found, it will be weaponized against all mm -hmm. of the werewolves and they'll all lose this power that they fought so hard to acquire. And at least one of these werewolves is drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. Um, <laughs> I've also like decided that werewolf is Richard Madden. Um, Yay! Just cause. Um, so, like, Rachel's coordinating all of this very much on the down low. She's been given a week off for, like, good mm -hmm. service. And Foster finds out what she's doing. Jim. Mm -hmm. And Jim's like, the night you got bitten, I can't stop thinking about it. It's my fault. 
I need to help you. Yeah, I you can't. I can't let these people be left with like. I can't let them mm-hmm. become medical experiments. And Rachel is like coordinating this breakout, and she just keeps thinking about it. And she's trying to work out. She, she's talking to Jim, and she's like, "Why? Why did you even try to shoot? Mm. You knew that shooting would only make him angrier." And that's when she realized. Oh my god. That it was a setup. I leaned so far away from the microphone to say, oh my God. It was a setup. Rachel was always meant to be the Judas of the wolf werewolf gangs. Davis just needed to make her into a werewolf. Davis. Davis. You, you Cersei ass bitch. At the That's same a time, real Cersei move now. At the same time you see Davis like stalking through this old prison with like a couple of like scientists in white coats. Mm-hmm. She's Uh-oh. like, have you got anything? And they're like, we haven't been able to find anything that reverses the lycanthropy, but we have confirmed that silver does have a significant detrimental effect on their mm-hmm. bodies. And she's like, what does that mean? And they hand her a gun. Full of silver bullets. <laughs> so, oh, I guess that's what that means. <laughs> so, um, like they, they do this big werewolf breakout. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm so mad. I got betrayed on so many levels. <laughs> so, all of the werewolf gangs of London are breaking into this old prison and helping oh, yes. all of the other werewolves get back. And Davis is just like, well, symbolism's important. So, she, as soon as the attack starts, goes straight to Charlie's cell with the mm-hmm. silver bullet gun. Uh-oh. Don't and do it. <laughs> shoots Charlie in the arm. She wants to make this hurt. Oh. But before she can load up a second shot, Rachel is there. Yes. And Rachel's like, you bitch. <laughs> you you did this. And Davis is like, I did what I had sure. to do. I did what I had to do yeah. to do what's right. That's oh what you God. want. That's what you want, isn't it? And Rachel's just like, this, this, is isn't, not right. this is not what's right. <laughs> Davis is kind of like, oh, so, 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 I'm not here for a philosophical debate. Yeah. And then she realizes this isn't a philosophical debate. It's a distraction because Charlie has managed to break out of her bonds, <laughs> bites her in the motherfucking neck. Davis is now infected. So then you have For those like, of you who can't see, which is punching all of air. You, I just punch the air so much. <laughs> So all of the gangs manage to get Mm -hmm. out. It's Mm -hmm. very much like, you know, there's a lot of tension between the werewolf gangs, but Mm -hmm. they've come together for what they needed to come together for. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have a definite idea of the ending, but I can imagine, like, Charlie and Rachel having, like, a big conversation. Rachel's like, I got kind of played for a sucker. Mm -hmm. Charlie's like, yeah, you fucking did. Yeah, you did. (laughs) But, you know. I don't do third chances, (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) But um, yeah, Rachel's very much like, "What do I, what do I do now?" And Charlie's like, "Well, you know, um, I guess we're not the only people who do crime. Like, there's some really bad crimes that are happening around the full moon. So maybe, like, if you know, say that someone is beating up a random person or doing some serious, like, detrimental social crimes, as a werewolf, you'd be well within your rights to." Tear them yes. to fucking shreds. So we get yes. Wolf Cop Force. Wolf Cop! And wolf that, cop. Is, that is the end of Werewolves of London. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that was so great. Thank you. That was so great. Thank you. Again, this is one of those times <laughs> where I'm just like, ah, about everything you bitch. <laughs> 
Oh. Yeah, because I, I texted I mean, you the is, other day being yeah. like, oh, I was like struggling oh, to the, come this up was with a the shower thoughts. Yeah, so I literally, like, I was, you know, I kind of had like ideas of third act. I was like, I'm just going to take a shower, I'm just going to think. And mm-hmm. then I missed a shower. I was just like, we'll Davis come. set it up. Yeah. <laughs> and Davis we'll set come. the whole thing up. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. That's, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like you just pitched me. Like a like a better version of what something like Bright could have been. Mm. <laughs> um, right. Even though even though Bright was a lost cause because of uh, um, Laxmandus. Uh, yeah, old, old mate. Whichever one is the the the, the, the rapey man and not the Landis who killed a kid. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon John Landis's worst move was? Killing two kids or creating creating Landis? <laughs> Weighing them up. You know. Yeah, I so would say I would say that making Max Landis <laughs> was a worse move than killing two kids. <laughs> oh um, boy! Anyway, anyway, that was that was great. Yes, I love that. Thank you. Um, I had a lot of fun writing it. I'm loving. Uh, yeah, no, as you were saying before we started recording, yeah. that is probably the truest to. Yeah, it's the closest the to the actual song. song. Yeah, yeah. And, like I wanted it to be a bit funny just because the song itself is like a yeah. laugh like oh, the completely. song's a total laugh completely yeah um no very much in the spirit of the song so, yeah and also just that thing where i'm like i can hear that song in the oh. soundtrack so many times yeah definitely just like, keeps coming back the like, last scene of like wolf cop force yeah. would be to mm-hmm. where it was mm-hmm. in london mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and then, like, the credits would be fucking, you know, <laughs> like Fallout Boy doing a cover of Rebels of London or something. <laughs> Not Fallout Boy, whatever the whatever the, the 2019 equivalent of a Fallout Boy doing a cover of a song in the credits of a film is. I think it's still, is it no, still it's not, Fallout Boy. I don't think it's still Fallout Boy. I think it's, like, Jesus, who The Regrets? They? That'd be fun. Who are The Regrets? They are, I think oh they're Oh, my God, all... you know who it would be? It would be Alec Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, if I killed someone for you, Benjamin. Um, the regrets is I think they're an all female band, but they're like kind mm-hmm. of 50s surf rock all female. Actually, you know what I would want to hear? I'd want to hear Alex Lady doing a cover of Werewolves of London. Interesting. Yeah, interesting, I reckon she'd have a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, so that was Werewolves of London. Do you want to do some shuffle round? Uh, I sure don't. <laughs> Because I don't really know. So to to make life easier for you, uh, this will be a curated shuffle round. So what the shuffle round is, is at the end of the show, we do a little quick, like very fast pitches on the spot for songs also by the artist normally. I'm Mm going to curate this. Normally it's just on shuffle, but I thought we could actually have some direction here. So, because because uh, I don't know any other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our first song will be the original "Sweet Home Alabama," like Leonard Skinner. No, Warren Zevon. Just the the one that comes up is just that's up. That's play out play it all night long. Is the name of the song, not "Sweet Home Alabama." Oh. I guess we've learned something today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was I was like I'm pretty sure that Warren Zevon didn't. Make the song that is called Sweet Home Alabama. Uh But am I, I'm I'm doing Play It All Night Long? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't actually know how this goes, so let's find out. (laughs) Absolutely in no way. Grandpa pissed his pants again. He don't give a damn. 
Philly has both guns drawn. He ain't been right since Vietnam. Sweet home Alabama, play that dead band song. Turn those speakers up full blast, play it all night long. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck of course you can. <laughs> yeah. So while we, I was while I was listening, we to have also learned whatever the fuck is, that just was. I was looking up some. Sorry, yes, yeah. loud. Um, so we have also just established it. It's called "Play It All Night Long." Play it all night long. Sweet home, Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Because to this Mr. this song by Warren Zevon is in fact a satire slash homage to Leonard Skinner's "Sweet Home Alabama." Okay, <laughs> we've all learned something. I told you. <laughs> Which and Sweet Home Alabama being in and of itself a reply to Neil Young Southern Man. Okay. Um, this I don't know. This song I feel like could not sound less like Sweet Home Alabama to my ears. <laughs> well, it opens with the line, "Grandpa, Grandpa pissed his, his pants, pants again. again. He don't give a damn. <laughs> Brother Billy has both guns drawn. He ain't been right since Vietnam." <laughs> yep. You got a pinch. <laughs> uh, Daddy's doing Sister Sally. I assume Sister Sally is a... Is I a, hope it's a nun. Like a euphemism for... If it's unclear if Sally is a nun, the speaker's sister, or what. <laughs> According to genius, it is fairly clear that the situation is bad one way or another. <laughs> can, I get, can I get a t-shirt that says it is fairly clear the situation is bad one way or another? <laughs> I love genius annotation. The one cat- way or another, the situation is bad. bad. <laughs> the cattle all have brucellosis. Apparently brucellosis is also known as malta fever. It's a contagious bacterial infection that typically infects cattle during calving or abortion. Farm <laughs> knowledge! Humans can also be infected, but it's, I take it it's not the same as mad cow disease. No, that's um, um, bovine spongiform disease. Because <laughs> their brains go spongy. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> look at all this farm knowledge. <laughs> okay, hold on. I need to get. I need to get my shit together. <laughs> I feel like I just went on a really weird journey with this song that is not Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> uh, this is not a film I would necessarily myself write or go see. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, yes, a boss baby. <laughs> not a bus baby. More in line with okay, so you know how you know how um in signs Mel Gibson is the dad and and Wacken Phoenix is is it Wacken Phoenix or River Phoenix in I don't think I've ever seen Signs. Hold on, now I gotta look that up as well. Signs is a fucking great movie. It's the best oh my god, I just looked up signs and it's like, do you want signs? <laughs> um, you want some signs, kid? Sign. Yeah, it is Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. So Mel, Mel Gibson plays the, the dad, and Joaquin Phoenix is the oldest. Oh no, he's the brother. Mm. But he's I was like younger. Say, that's a weird like. It's either the, it was, it was either son, the oldest like... son or the youngest brother. But no, he's the younger brother. I so I'm envisioning the, the Joaquin Phoenix now, mm. not Joker Joaquin Phoenix, but just oh, like, like Joaquin Phoenix in general now yeah. is uh, like an like an older man living in you know middle of nowhere like. Mm-hmm. The flyover state. Like, back-ass, like, yeah. you know, uh, old-timey. Yeah, middle of nowhere, yeah, back-ass, of... old-timey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, nowhere the fuck, yeah. Ohio, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and taking care of his dying father, <laughs> played by Mel Gibson. No, <laughs> how old is Mel Gibson? Uh, old enough to he's die. Not. Yeah, he's, well, I mean, he, you know, 
It's been a while. No, um, who's old? Who's really old? Brewster. Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Is for his, his dying to, can Christopher Plummer do a southern accent? Doesn't matter. We'll get him to do it anyway. It could be Brewster playing the dad and then Laura Dern playing the Joaquin Phoenix character looking after dying dad because she is indeed Bruce Stern's daughter. No, I think she has to be Sister Sally. <laughs> no, I think it's Christopher Plummer and then Laura okay. Dunn can be Sister Sally because yep. you suggested it. Yeah. And it would just be, it would actually be depressing. Yeah. Not Australian kitchen sink drama, like yep. kind of American, American kitchen sink drama. Yeah, the kind of thing that you're like. American tractor seat drama. Yeah. The kind of, yeah, and the kind of, the kind of movie where you watch it and you're like, I, I think had this a bad was supposed time. to be a, yeah, but also I think this was supposed to be a stage show because mm. there's really nothing going on visually that's that exciting. Just yep. lots of shots of yeah, basically, basically what it is. It it would be it would be a um a gritty remake of something like um HUD, right? With of Paul Newman, yeah. But but it wouldn't have Paul Newman in it, so it wouldn't be as good. Yeah. Um. Again, um, that's my pitch total, for play all night long. Total tangent. Did uh-huh. you ever see The Judge? This is a starring... detour request. No, uh, no, it's no, not no, a detour it, request. Um, The Judge starring Robert Downey Jr. I don't think so. Oh boy! First of all, when goes for two and a half hours. That's a long movie. It's about Robert, oh, it's Downey, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Oh, twenty fourteen. Yeah, right. As a hotshot city lawyer who has to go back to his hometown because his dad killed a bloke. Um, mm-hmm. But that bloke also killed his mom. And then oh he thinks that he might uh, have a secret daughter in town, but it's okay because they did make out, but it turned out that was his niece and not his daughter. And uh, it's fucked bad. That's Yeah, that sounds bad. And it goes for is he doing, two is, and a half hours. Is Downey doing a doing a southern accent in this? Because no. everyone else in this is like Robert, du- Robert Duvall, Vera Farmiga... Vincent D'Onofrio, Jeremy Strong, Dax Shepard, and Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, at least are, several of oh, those people are oh very much God. like. I'm all in, I'm all in. Billy Bob Thornton plays this evil lawyer who comes into town, yes. and I just have visceral memories of he brings his own silver pewter. <laughs> look at Billy Bob Thornton's face. I'm just like, why? <laughs> no, why he is has he? he has this personalized pewter silver retractable drinking cup that he takes into court and so it's like real sinister he comes into court and it's the first time you see him and he's and like, he's like <laughs> opens this, this fucking water glass why I have no fucking why? idea why have any of the menacing personalised items that someone could have like it's not even like he like whips out a knife that's a pen or like no. a pen that's a knife no. you know not like he has like a really sharp letter opener <laughs> <laughs> it's a pewter silver <laughs> picnic cup picnic Cup. It, it, yeah, like the it also only about doubles in size. When it, um, it's it's a just, fucking just getting my, my two times water. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it is like as a film, it is a stunning okay. example of how you can use Bon Iver in a movie to get away with creating any actual emotion, or rather, you can't. Well, yeah, because Bon Iver, Bon Iver almost isn't music. It's just emotion. Yes. It's just one man being like. <laughs> Oh, that's my favourite one. <laughs> he just cries in melody. Has anyone done a sketch that's like, oh, sorry, Bonnie, but I, I finished the ice cream while you're up. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes someone finishes the ice cream before you. I know that that's, I know that Can't Make You Love Me is a cover, but yeah. <laughs> and I've told you to save some for me. <laughs> do you want me to do another song? <laughs> Haven't I 
done enough. Yeah, let's do so another I song. So I fucked this up, but the let's idea do. was that you would do Sweet Home Alabama and then uh, the fucking All Summer Long because okay, that's well, the Okay, well, why don't I now do Sweet Home Alabama yeah, we'll and do, then we'll All do Summer Long? real Sweet Home Okay. We'll we're do really re- reverse engineering this. <laughs> we'll do Leonard Skinner's Sweet Home Alabama, which is what I told you it was. <laughs> my this, only mental, is this gonna break up the podcast we just don't know my only mental frame of reference for Lennon Skinner is that they get a shout out in the Lonely Eagle Island yeah. Eagle Rights song Leonard Skinner <laughs> Spoon film called Sweet Home Alabama. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. the other thing where I'm like, there's already a Sweet Home Alabama film. Uh, I'm gonna base this pitch solely on the second verse. I heard mm-hmm. Mr. Young sing about her. I heard Old Neil put her down. Well, I hope Neil Young will remember a southern man don't need him around anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, Sledge at Neil <laughs> Young or Diamonds? I... It's Neil Young, right, Mr. Cool. Young. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be a good um, hint. So, so this, uh, this is very silly. Um, but it's going to be who will be casting? Who's who's crazy and like southern? Sam Rockwell. We'll go with Sam okay, Rockwell because he's, we do like Sam he's Sam insane. <laughs> yeah, like Sam Rockwell's like basically Sam, Sam Rockwell's, Rockwell's character so in Three Billboards. Yeah, yeah, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell's from Alabama, um, and it's like never explained why, but the whole film is him plotting to kill Neil Young. <laughs> And it's just his journey to kill Neil Young. (laughs) And it's like Neil Young's going to tour to Alabama. Is Neil Young still alive? I don't know. Because then we can can easily easily make it a period piece. We can easily make it. It just just would be a period piece. Uh, He's 73 years old. Does he still tour? Let's just say that he does. Um, we would get Neil Young to be in the film as well. Because oh, yeah. I imagine Absolutely. he has a sense of humour about the whole Leonard Skinner thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, he, and it's, I don't know, it's because he's like, Neil Young said shit about Alabama. Fuck you. <laughs> like, he's insane. He's yeah. just insane. <laughs> and then he gets all the way, you know, it'll be one of those films where he gets all the way to the point where, you know, he's at the concert and he's backstage. And he's, like, played the long game. Like, he's made himself into, yes, that's right. No, that's he's what he become does. He's the become drama. No, he's become, like, a country artist. <laughs> like, and, like, and so he's the <laughs> opener. Neil he's Neil the Young. opener for Neil Young. And he's like, I'm here. I've done it. I'm going to I'm going to kill Neil Young. But, like, he and Neil Young have bonded, and he's like, oh, maybe Neil Young's okay. And then the film would just end on it, end on the question of whether or not he does. Like, he's there with the gun, and he's got the gun, and he's pointed it at Neil Young, and Neil's, Neil's like, what do you need to do, son? Like, and that is Sweet Home Alabama. Thank you. Thank you for that gift. Would you like to do all summer I, long? I really want to see that movie. So do I. I really want to see it. I wish I, I wish I could pitch that movie. I, do we, do we, have we got a rule about whether or not we can take a shuffle round song we don't have a and rule, turn it into a pitch can, pitch? Yes. I might do that. Yeah. Um, could the um, opening line be like Sam Rockwell over like archival footage of him as a little boy being like, ever since I was a little boy, I knew I wanted to kill Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, obviously, the, obviously it would have to start with 
big wheels keep on turning, carry me home to see my kin. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord, oh. I'm coming home to you. <laughs> Lord, I'm coming home to you, obviously being to die. To die, yeah. You're coming home to the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do Kid let's Rocks do... All Summer Long. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're trying different things. And we were smoking funny things. Sipping whiskey out the bottle, not thinking about tomorrow. <sighs> this is this is gonna get weird, you guys. And we were trying different things, and we were smoking funny things, making love out by the lake to our favorite song. Sipping whiskey out the bottle, not thinking about tomorrow. Singing sweet home Alabama all summer long. Am I a keep up fan? No. Do so I admit that these are both great songs? <laughs> I just, it really is just, he's just mashed up. Two good songs. Yeah, Werewolves in London and Sweet Home Alabama just mashed together. I'm embarrassed by how quickly this entire song has come back to me. Yeah. Because it's one of those songs that usually, that would get played on, like, the radio, the radio stations that were on in the yeah. car when I was a, I mean, not my dad's car. Because my dad only listens to Triple J. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Triple Dad. But it's, yeah, just that thing where I'm like, oh my God, all of those lyrics came rushing back to me. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> this is this is a little, this is another D2 request. Um, <laughs> which is what they're going to be called on this yep. podcast from now on. <laughs> I ended up listening to a couple Nickelback songs the other day. How'd that go for you? Um, again, all the words to them came rushing back. Because there was a time when... We didn't hate Nickelback. Yeah, that is how I felt when, watching when we the were Cats trailer. Like 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. We were all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, also just that thing where I'm like, I hate this less than I hate a lot of other things that are more popular. Mm-hmm. Like, well, in the same like, way that Limp Biscuit, everyone's like, oh, Limp Biscuit suck. And I'm like, Limp Biscuit is better than something like fucking Tool. The Chainsmokers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on. Um, come on. For some reason, Nickelback and All Summer Long I associate heavily with a family friend's speedboat because mm-hmm. I think they had like a limited number of songs that they could play through the speedboat sound system, mm-hmm. and those were on it at a point where I was skiing. So mm-hmm. like they're burned in my brain as okay. like speedboat yeah. songs. <laughs> someone someone says to you speedboat, and all of a sudden you're like, ah. <laughs> sweet. What film are you gonna pitch? Okay, so I think what I'm gonna pitch is so this is like a this is this this song is it's set in 1989 when Kid Rock was 17 apparently oh no he was 18 and the girl is 17 um uh, but she is more than in between um (laughs) which is a lyric in the song (laughs) I'm sorry far from in between but he was caught somewhere between a boy and man she was not right. I don't, I don't know. Because she was I, definitely still a girl. She was 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, are you trying to. Yeah, anyway, okay. Um, so I'm going to go with Wet Hot American Summer yes. meets Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And it's a summer camp in like 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, teens Berlin trying down. and teens are trying different things, and teens are smoking funny things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also getting murdered. <laughs> I know what you did last summer, all summer. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Well, because the other the other thing is this: uh, whichever one of the Friday the Thirteenth is, is set at a, a summer camp. I believe it's the first one. Um, I don't think. It, oh, maybe it is. Yeah, I think it's there's, the first there's one. There's definitely a sequel though. It's like yeah. the fifth or the sixth one. Yeah. That's also set, and then there's also like Sleepaway Camp, which is the original mm-hmm. summer camp slasher. But yeah, it would be a summer camp slasher 
Um, and the, 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 the kid at the focal point of it would be a young kid rock who just has to watch all his friends die and then he dies brutally and it's just an excuse for me to kill kid rock. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. That was, that's, that's the shuffle round. Yes. Um, three very odd pitches. I, I think it was, I think we started weak. We, we got very strong in the middle and then. We took a victory lap in that last one. Yeah, I want to see Sam Rockwell try to kill me. I want to see that Sweet Home Alabama. Um, where can people find you, Charles? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Girls O'Chady, G-H-A-R-L-E-S-O-C-H-A-D-Y. And um, they can find me on Twitter at Tansy Clipboard yeah. with an S and a Y. <laughs> Where's the S and the Y? Good There's a B. <laughs> There's a B in Clipboard. <laughs> Um, if you like this podcast, please uh, like, review us, subscribe. like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, the link in the, the link in the doobly do. I don't know what do they say on YouTube anymore. Uh, do you remember when they used to say doobly do? Uh, no, I, I think got... it was one of the greens. Hank or the other Hank or John. <laughs> you said doobly do for the like description box, yeah. but it was when it was to the side, and they would point uh, to the side of the screen. Uh, that's a, yeah. Anyway, that's a that's a thing that I, wish I, I didn't know. Most of YouTube. <laughs> I, I've I'm seen th- all of YouTube. I'm only on YouTube <laughs> for the communism. Um, I'm, I've seen every single YouTube. Yeah. Because um, I have no life. Yeah. Uh, yay. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you like, uh, if you like the podcast, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, preferably, have it be five stars. Yeah. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram mm-hmm. at PitchShiftPod. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Facebook, PitchShift, a hypothetical film podcast, uh, or you can email us PitchShiftPodcast at gmail.com. And also my sketch comedy series will be out by now because yes. time is questionable. I but, can't wait to see it. But who knows? They might have taken it off Ivy by now. I, I, so. can't, I can't wait to have seen it by the time that you guys are hearing this podcast. Yeah. Because I will have. Time is very relative. Time is uh, so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye. Bye. podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. Sovereignty was never ceded and this is and always will be Aboriginal land.